What's going on guys? My name is Abe. Stay tuned because in this episode we are talking about the issues with rising college tuitions and how government funded grants won't make your college time any cheaper. What's going on everyone? My name's Abe, your host of the Critical Thinking Room, where we focus on people's perception versus the real reality in the world of highly debated topics. All right, guys, I hope you're having an awesome day, late evening, you're relaxing, you're about to fall asleep to my sweet, gorgeous voice. But in this episode, we're going to talk about college rising costs and how it won't become any cheaper if the government gives out grants or funding and the main issue with that. So first, we need to look over the issue and explain what exactly is going on. Well, according to the twisting costs of college and universities or the National Center of Education Statistics, uh, you can go on their website and look this up and all of these rates and I'm about to currently go over have been adjusted for inflation or the cost at time between the years of 2017 and 2018. So between 1985 through 86 school year at all institutions between four and two year institutions, the average cost of tuition for everything, which includes room, board, fees, uh, that type of things out minus books, right? Was eleven thousand dollars per year in nineteen eighty six. Eleven thousand, which was a lot when you really think about it. Now, if we jump ahead, we go all the way up to twenty seventeen through twenty eighteen. It was twenty three thousand dollars eight hundred thirty five dollars. Now, this is rounding for all two years and four year institutions, right? So over about just shy of a. 40 year period the price has doubled but that's not exactly true or where it should be um, even with that adjusted for inflation because more and more times now we're seeing places like Harvard Grand Canyon University a lot of public private institutions uh, that still do accept government aid where kids are going to because they feel there's a higher quality of education or they maybe have a group but there's a reason or that school is giving out lots of sponsorships they're usually the private sector colleges are the ones with the better sports teams or athletic guys that are going to get drafted for the nfl whatnot so if you go down and we look at these colleges that i would consider competitive in 1986 it was twenty thousand dollars so you're talking nine grand more than the average public institution and in today, 2017, 2018 statistics, which is the most current year that the National Center for Education Statistics has put out, it's at $42,000, $42,680. So once again, more than doubled the price in 40 years between the private sector and the public sector. Now, there's a couple issues that need to be addressed. In 1986, there wasn't really any major funding or fast for Pell Grants given out in the amount that they're given today. So college was still doubling or going up when the government wasn't funding at the exact ratio or the same speed that colleges were raising their cost. According to the Atlantic News Company, which got this from a couple different sources, the have a hypothesis or hypothesis uh, financial aid whether it's cheap loan a work study job at the campus library or a grant it's supposed to make colleges more affordable and accessible for students but what if by handing money out to undergrads the government isn't simply 
encouraging schools to spend more and jack up tuition. This is my whole argument. And so they called this meet the Bennett hypothesis, the dismal notion named for Reagan education secretary, William Bennett, who suggested this in 1987. So this is exactly when we started keeping track of colleges between 1986, right? And 1987. So these are aligning from day one. He already saw this the first year that this stuff started happening. He realized that there was going to be an issue here. So New York times open ed diplomatically titled our greedy colleges, generous student aid politics had enabled colleges and universities to raise their tuition confident that federal loan subsidies would help cushion the increase he wrote at the time so now we have this issue that colleges which is my argument and what i believe is if they understand that the max fast right now you can get is like six thousand four hundred dollars in 2021 if they just raise the cost of schooling six thousand four hundred something dollars you out of pocket as the student going to the college still pays the exact same amount but the college wins because they're getting six thousand four hundred extra dollars of some sort so and i quote we can't just keep subsidizing skyrocketing tuition obama told a rally audience at the university of michigan when he was in office and i have to agree with this because the whole point is to educate to better our economy to grow our economy to become more competitive against major exporters like china but we can't do that if our students are still paying more out of pocket and it's literally doubling like doubling think people do college funds for their children since they're born some people are good about it they put 10 20 a month in but if you do that over your kids 18 years of life and by the time he goes to college what if it triples by then you know you're not doing anything it's not helping anyone at all get anywhere so i was trying to figure out the statistics figure this out what are kids paying and so i looked into it and the average student loan interest rate is 5.8 percent that's insane because you think like home loan rates right now are in like the 1.99 2.3% range right now. And so I started looking into what the average student debt was. And the average student debt in the United States was $84,800. Which you think like in 99% of the places in the world outside of California or major cities, people are buying homes in the 300 to $350,000 range. So if a kid is in $84,000 of debt at an interest rate of 5.8% over the average student takes between 10 and 20 years. So we're going to say best case scenario, they paid off in 10 years. Their monthly payment is going to be $924. Like most people have a house loan in the Midwest or central U.S. outside of the coastal cities that's less than $924 a month. So at the end of their 10 years, a student is paying $111,000 on student debt. So is there any advantage? Well, yes and no. And that's the thing that we have to get out and look into a couple other statistics. Because more and more with today's society and millennials and Gen Zs and all these like big startup tech companies and all these political and cultural movements we are seeing it become more acceptable to no longer hold a college degree and that can be for anything from tech to business to social media becoming a youtuber a vlogger a podcaster uh, we're seeing it more often in today's world where people are socially accepted it's the same thing like with tattoos right 
back in the day only gangsters bad people had tattoos but there's people as ceos that are tatted from you know toe to neck and no one really blinks an eye in today's world so this is kind of the other argument i wanted to look into it so according to proscons.org reliable nonpartisan, empowering organization essentially compares all these things and pulls all these statistics into one area so if i start to quote this the average college student graduates and makes five hundred seventy thousand more dollars than the average high school graduate over a lifetime now see we're comparing college to high school education nowhere in here is it talking about trades so i want to make that very clear real quick and then i'm going to make the argument with trades so over a lifetime you have to think so the average person is working from their 22nd birthday or their 25th birthday after they've graduated college right when you can start assuming these five hundred and seventy thousand dollars so if we say from 25 but the average person retires at like 65 or 60 we'll say best case scenario 65 minus your 25th birthday that person's working for 40 years so we have to take that five hundred and seventy thousand dollars divided by 40 and that person's making an extra fourteen thousand dollars a year than a college or a high school student excuse me a high school student only 14 grand when you were a hundred and ten thousand dollars in debt so if we have to minus a hundred and ten thousand dollars from this um you know that person is roughly out of that money they're paying like five thousand something a year so that fourteen thousand dollars now becomes somewhere around nine thousand more dollars than a high school student right we're not even talking about people in trade and so getting into a couple more statistics here to say hey is this acceptable like if we're only making nine thousand more dollars a year is it really worth it um and you know that we're talking about like some pretty good colleges right we're not just talking about like your little local college that's not very credible like even credible schools that have a big name and that you put all this hard work to get accepted into or doing an sat or competing to make that you know that draft for the football team where people are getting drafted to the nfl at that college but you're only making nine thousand more dollars a year than a high school student so that's something we have to consider here and we have to put into account right so according to this site careers and earning for college graduates are 71 percent to 136 percent higher than those of high school graduates the federal reserve bank of new york calculated a 14 percent rate of return on a bachelor's degree which constitutes a good investment college graduates earn an average of seventy-eight thousand dollars and a 75 percent wage premium over the average forty-five thousand annual earnings for workers with only a high school diploma so yes this statistic probably is relatively pretty accurate but you have to think over a high school kid so what are they comparing this to when it comes to like wages is this compared to minimum wage is this compared to the person that's flipping the burger because if it's saying a premium over the average of forty five thousand dollars of annual earnings that's not really accurate because if we look up the united states average home income we're looking and we're seeing a median household income of the u.s in 2019 was 68,000. it wasn't 40,000. it was 68,000. and if we um you know account for that of an increase of 6.8 percent from 2018 we're relatively seeing across the board the average household is making more money in the united states 
well, blue collar work, welding and things like that are becoming more and more popular than ever before. Uh, so now getting to the con to that pro or that argument was 44 million Americans owe more than $1.5 trillion in student debt. 45% of people with student loan debt say college was not worth it. So not only are people going to college and now they're in 10 years of debt and they're only making like 9,000 or so more dollars a year if we're taking that $68,000 annual income versus this statistic saying the average college student made $78,000 a year. We're not, you know, I'm rounding up here a little bit, but we're roughly at about nine grand. So now we have 45% of people not even making 9,000 more dollars and they think it is a waste of their time and they're in $10,000 or they're in 10 years of debt, $110,000. So, and once again, the statistic agrees with my 110,000, but it says in debt and about 1% have $100,000 in debt as of February, 2018 undergraduate students had an average of $37,000 in debt, according to the U.S. Congress Joint Economic Committee. Approximately 60% of college graduates have student loan debt balances equal to 60% of their annual income. So now this is another thing that I brought up earlier, where I had the number that was, hold on, what I say, 900, it was like 940 something dollars, right? $947 a month would be your average debt that you would have to pay $924 excuse me that you would have to pay on student loan debts and then the house so if we have students that are over here paying our 60% debt to income ratio that's terrible and you think if you're trying to go and get a house loan um, at any bank they want to see less than 50%, ideally 40% debt to income ratio, under 45%, right? So now you already have kids that are $110,000 in long-term debt. They can't get approved for a home loan. Their debt for college is what a house payment would be anyways. Are they really winning anywhere? And I want to say no, they're not in any way. So now I was reading into these pros and cons, looking down here a little bit more, and 20% of millennials are homeowners and most millennials say their debt has delayed home ownership by seven years on average. So like we're thinking if the average kid's in debt for 10 years and they don't get a home till their seventh year, the statistics are kind of lining up and making sense, right? That kids have a job, like they are done with college, they're educated, they're considered to like being the true working class in a career styled environment and they're still not able to buy a home like that's a big problem so going into another pro for colleges it says 85.2 percent of college freshmen said they attended college to be able to get a better job the unemployment rate for Americans over 25 with a bachelor's degree is 1.9% as of December 2019, compared to 2.7% with those uh, with associate's degree and 3.7% for high school graduates. So you're talking 1.9% for a college degree, 3.7% for a high school graduate. So we're not even at like a one and a half point difference, right? 
So again, is it really a benefit? You have to ask yourself that. Is it worth your time? Now, yes, there's going to be certain places where a college degree is mandatory, like being a lawyer. I think being a police officer should be a two-year, even a three- or four-year degree like it is in Germany. Um, you know, you don't want your doctor to just read a couple like books and try to do a heart surgery. There is a place for college graduates. But where do you sit in that? I think you have to ask yourself. Like for me getting my degree in cybersecurity, it's not necessary, right? There are so many places like Dev Mountain, as an example, is a coding boot camp. It's an 11 week course that costs 10 grand and you're done. And most of these guys are leaving this job making 60, $70,000 a year. So even if you're making $70,000 a year, you're above the national average income and you're in zero debt as a college student and statistically you're going to be able to buy a house seven years earlier than a college graduate so that is something that we have to consider now we have to also look into things like welders electricians plumbers things like that what does the u the u.s average welder make so if we look into this the average welder salary by state varies quite a bit but it's growing but we're seeing an average of like 20 to 20 to 30 dollars starting starting right and so these are people that maybe have a cert went to school for two or three months you know their monthly pay is between like four thousand five thousand dollars a month but if you get into guys into like welding unions or things like that these dudes are making up in the range of 40 50 dollars per hour according to indeed and seeing like these average welding um costs and exponentially grows like i'm just looking up on indeed it's showing the top companies for welders in the united states um Bechtel, if that's how you say it right their average is 52.66 per hour toyota pays 42 dollars an hour for welders mcdermott pays 36.11 starting for welders like well above any state minimum wage quite actually to be factual double than any minimum wage including california which is 15 dollars an hour these top people are starting these guys at 31.50 an hour so if there's companies that are willing to pay people like this with these certificates or not even like industry certificates like dev mountain as a coding boot camp which technically doesn't have like any nationally recognized cert but a whole bunch of companies came together and say hey we like your work or we're trying to work with you on your curriculum so we can get students out the gate faster and actually have them knowing something we want them to know as a company and that's the next argument most colleges are outdated i'm currently attending college on a GI bill because of my military um, service. So I'm actually not paying anything for college. And to be quite frank, I probably would never attend college if it weren't the fact that I was getting to attend for free. So I have assignments or papers where you look at the bottom of it and it'll say Grand Canyon University 2013. So like these are worksheets that I'm doing that students have been doing, you know, when I was 15 years old or whatever or like you know kids were in middle school at times that are now freshmen in college that are doing the same assignments they're, they're the progression or the way that these colleges can grow is not nearly as fast as these cert industry certificates can be updated and tested and that's another disadvantage 
Now, I have a brother that is relatively big wig within the coding community that also has a college degree. And he as well agreed with me. And he said, yeah, like there's a lot of things that I felt outdated, even that I learned that were in the time period of my freshman year. But by the time I was a senior, they were outdated and companies were using other things. And he started talking about how he was part of the hiring process for these people coming in or they would ask for his opinion on these new dev mountain cats and they were saying they were just as good if not better than the guys that went to college because their knowledge was more fresh they were doing things more efficiently they had just a very select set of skills that they wanted them to know instead of all this bloatware or all these things that they didn't need them to know necessarily and quite frankly they could pay them a little bit cheaper but when you're a person that only had a $10,000 investment and you're making 70 G's versus the guy that has a college tuition, he's $110,000 in debt and he can't buy a house for another seven years, but he's making 85 grand. Who's winning? You know, I don't think they're winning. So these are some things that you need to consider and ask yourself based off what place you're going into inside of college, but to end the thesis or to put this whole argument together is colleges realize that they can get free money from the government and so they're going to hike up their prices and you're going to end up paying the same amount and who gets screwed you do so before you go swiping your cards think about what you need what kind of person you are if you can structure yourself if you can teach yourself if you can find a job that'll teach you the skills that you need to know specifically so you're not at these colleges learning all this unnecessary stuff I hope this puts us all in perspective. This gave you guys a little bit of the critical thinking room mentality that I'm trying to instill into other people. I hope you all have a beautiful evening and stay tuned for another episode.